0: Welcome to the Grabs Podcast number eight. I'm your host today, Grant Schwalbe. Uh The point of our podcast is to share stories about real-life rescues being made across the country. Today, I have with me one of my good friends, Paul Capo. He's going to share a, a grab they had in 2010. But uh, first off, Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, I will. First, I just want to say uh, thank you, Grant, for having me on your podcast and um, just all the things that you're doing Lead instructor, hot FDIC, this podcast, and so many other things. It's just honored to call you my friend, Grant. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, a little bit about myself. Right now, I am the division chief of operations and training for the Estes Valley Fire Protection District here in Estes Park, Colorado. So I've been out here uh, a couple years and um, worked with an amazing department. Every level of the organization is empowered. Worked for an amazing fire chief and. Um, going really really well out here in Estes so um, that's me now. Uh,
0: So take us back you're going to tell us about a grab you had in 2010 Uh, you were in Clearwater at that time can you tell us a little bit about the search culture uh, in Clearwater how many units that were that go on a typical residential fire and and who's doing the searches so the uh, listeners can get an idea of
1: what you were faced with? Sure. Um, in Clearwater, there's eight stations, uh, two truck companies that are true trucks, uh, so no water, no pump, no um, no hose. You know, two trucks, um, eight engines. We have uh, rescues, which are paramedic units, and they had uh, a squad as well, which is like a utility you know unit. Um, real aggressive search culture there. So the the rescue paramedic unit that would go to the scene, um, which is first due of the fire, uh, attaches with the engine to facilitate the stretch which leaves the the truck uh, to do the search so it's a four man minimum um, on the ladder truck and um, the truck accomplishes the search so um, on a residential alarm you have three engines one truck the squad district chief working fire so if you had a legitimate fire uh, you get a second truck a fourth fourth engine so it would come um, on the specific response that we're going to talk about today. Um, it was a four-story um, independent living um, facility. So um, on that box, you would automatically have the second truck and the fourth engine. So so two trucks came. Um, this is my first due um, and with, the, with the tiller truck that came, too, that I was on. So I was first due on the first truck.
0: All right. So set this up. Call came in about what time, and uh, then just walk us through. How this went down?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, it was Monday night, uh, right before midnight. The alarm came through. Um, one thing really important to set up: this is the third fire we had in this building um, within the last like four months. So we had an arsonist in the building. Um, the first fire, it was a dumpster fire that the dumpster was inside the building, which the trash chute, you know, allowed the trash to go into the dumpster, so it wasn't an external fire arsonist opened up the the each trash chute on each floor so we had smoke all the building and started there and then the next fire happened to, I happened to be on all three of these fires um, the next fire was in the rec room so it was on the first floor when you first worked in the first floor is a um, it was a straight hallway as opposed to like an L or H or U type building this was a four-story interior hallway uh, straight run straight run hallway. So when you walk in the front door, which is in the center of the building, you went right, and it was like the laundry mat of this place, and the rec room, and um, a soda machine, and ping pong table, and all of that. And you lit the rec, the rec room, on fire. So that was going good. So um, needless to say, we had um, a, a little, we had familiarization in the building, other than even just our normal pre-planning. Um, and then we get toned out to the same address for just came in as a fire alarm. So we kind of knew what was going on so we're not really placing fire alarms anyway but so the pole did the job you know did the thing and packed up and we're heading there before we we got down on the block it got upgraded to a, a working structure fire in this building so um that's pretty much the lead up setup um of the building uh came in as apartment 104 uh, no basement in this building it was floors one two three and four and um and that's where we stand right now cool so uh
0: you guys arrive on the same time as the engine on this one, or, or how'd this work?
1: Sure. So, um, again, with the aggressive search culture that I said the department had, truck out front of the building, so for, for many reasons, not even just so much for flying the stick, though we flew it to the roof, and we had a roof assignment on this on this fire as well. But um, you get the front of the buildings, you can get in there, force the door, and you can go search. Um, the truck searched before the line. And uh, we communicate to the engine, you know, where to stretch and facilitate the stretch by moving some things away and trucking doors, shutting doors, that type of deal. But um, so the engine and ladder truck uh, left the same, but truck pulled up first. And just due to the respect of the search, the engine kind of kind of chills. Sometimes uh, they might beat us or come from another location, but uh, they're laying in from the hydrant or they'll definitely park away from the front of the structure. And that was this case. We actually beat them out. we're in front of the engine Uh, we park right in front of the building and then the engine parks um, somewhat behind us you know um and they actually caught their own hydrant which um, had their own hydrant they didn't have to lay in it was right in front of this building so so they're facilitating their um, hydrant hookup and stretch Um, when you listen to the audio of the fire side of it you actually hear the engine officer um, communicate to me that, um, hey, I'm going in the same place we did last time, so I knew exactly uh, what entrance they were making their stretch um, when we went in um, a different way.
0: Did you have any reports of occupants in this one, in this case?
1: I did um, right away, and it's it's extremely compelling when you hear um, the trapped occupant inside this apartment um, when she called dispatch, I mean, it gives you chills right away she called and said she's trapped in the building and gave her apartment number so um, again when this got upgraded to work structure fire we got updated as well saying that we had a victim trapped so that was our definitely our main concern to go to this apartment 104 so we pulled up in the front there was evacuation progress all coming out of the front door again we have a left wing and a right wing from that front door so there's no need to put a knock box and um, get the keys and that whole deal Um, we went into Four of us jumped out, and um, me and my Irons firefighter's name is Jim. Uh, we went to the front door to start the search, and my Tillerman and my driver um, both did their outside duty. So, again, we knew this building pretty well. We knew the Charlie side of this um, low-rise; the first floor wasn't level with the ground on the Charlie side. There was a there was a, a hill, pretty you know, subgrade to a point back there. So uh, my Tillerman ran around the back with a saw, irons, and a ladder. And this was a lobby fire, so he went and checked the rear. So he saw that the lobby fire was going on the first floor, so he opened up the rear. So saws were running Charlie's side to open up for the stretch, you know, and blow it all out the back. Um, and so there was a ladder back there. This is going to play a point later on um, as we start um, doing the rescue. But So the ladder's back there and, and kept back there while um, my driver at the front, Kevin, he he latted the roof and went to the roof. So Jim and I, my irons firefighter and myself, I'm the officer, go in the lobby. Um, it's like a double door, door, little lobby, go through the second doors, elevator right to the right, little, little couch to the left, and then this common area that's going. So um, I didn't know where 104 was. And I would have rather it be 304, to be honest with you. Because 304, I would have been able to tell where 304 was because I would have paced 204, and I would have known it's right above that. So many doors down from the stairwell, and just I would have just pre-planned that floor below real quick. I didn't have that opportunity. You'll um, hear in a second here. I I almost made a decision to go up to two to find where 204 was at one point, but. Um, the fire that we went to before it's like a month before we was to the right wing and that was I remember the laundromat and the common area so we went left um, knowing that there wasn't any living occupancies to the right so we went left now we went I say we went through fire but we went fire was real close um, and it was you know zero visibility smoking pretty good and people are coming out and and it was just really a protecting place kind of fire. I thought in the beginning, I'm like these people are coming out, and it was, um, they were they were coming, and I was going for this 104. And then um, I, I slowly realized why that was, and I'll, we'll get to that in a second. So we start going down left, and and we're we're low, um, and I told Jimmy to uh, to to scrape the right side of the hallway. I'm gonna scrape the left. And we're going to hit some doors and we're just going to go from the closest apartment to the fire which is in this lobby um we'll just keep going so as i as we get up to the door um, i look at the door and i'm looking for apartment numbers and they're all burnt out so um we actually did that a couple times to be honest with you and um we couldn't find an apartment 101 or 102 you know Granted, you would think, you know, apartment 104 is like four down or maybe two down, you know, if they're alternating hallways, you know, but, but it was burnt out. I've got some good pictures of this too. You can see the door and the the dripping of the nameplate of the, of the apartment, you know. So we get to, so we kind of like regroup, get to the first door and there were staggered doors. Which means when you open up a door in the hallway and the person across the hall opens up the door, you're not looking at each other um, across the way. So they were staggered. So on the left side of the hallway where I was on, I came through the first door and, and tried it and it was locked. So Jim came over and we wound up forcing the door and you know, swing away from you, interior hallway door, no visibility. And we forced the door and we get in there and we do a quick search of this apartment um, without getting in real deep search, but we did it fairly quick, real quick soup and, and found nobody. So we went out back to the hallway and we continued down the hallway and then Jim found the next one. And, um, and this was the apartment, which happened to be. So I'll back up a little. When we forced the door to that apartment. So I never had a fire in this building in an apartment. It was the dumpster fire. And it was the, um, we ventilated the building and that pretty good. And, and then we had that, um, that common area fire, but, but this we're like, now we're in our own apartment. So I was expecting to force this door out of a lobby fire with an interior hallway, like zero visibility, um, and get a safe haven because I forced many doors in the interior hallways. And. It's clear, It's safe haven. we actually teach firefighters to force a safe haven, so you can retreat to. and they're extremely, extremely clear, hence the protect in place model. Now I found out why these people were leaving this building, and it was um that transom fence. So over the door, the apartment door was a vent in the transom. Sometimes it's glass. Um, this was drywalled up, but it had a vent and it allowed um, it wasn't ductwork either. It was just open for like ventilation and it allowed all these products combustion to go into these apartments, at least on this first floor. So real peculiar and um really have to wrap my mind around that while I'm in this smoky environment thinking like are right, we have multiple fires or what's going on? So nothing was there. We get to the second one and um and right now our occupants in there and we don't know. So we forced the door and um there's two audios that are compelling in this and, and one of them is uh you know the fire audio of course but the other one is mainly is her on the phone with dispatch and uh, maybe we can share some of those clips during this podcast but she's on the phone with dispatch and she's saying how smoky it is and uh how she's having trouble difficulty breathing and he's asking her at this time can you get on the floor she goes no i can't get out of my wheelchair so she's in a wheelchair dropped in her first floor apartment so we force the door you hear it on her audio um because she's behind a couple doors in this apartment um, of the axe striking the halligan we get through and we do a search so this is our second apartment we've searched now in this we kind of have a layout it's just a mirrored layout but it's the same layout. and uh, Jim and I kind of split and we do a search so um, as with the, rather than going from conventional to orientated you know going down hallways um, we just we just did a quick split Jim and I've been working together for a long time he's real good too so we wound up hearing her um, when we came in. we didn't even know we said this, but it's on the audio you hear her say in a fire department, anybody in here and um, she starts responding when she winds up saying, "Yeah, you know help, help and we go her way and we find her, she's in a wheelchair so when we got in the room and we did our we did our search, um, it was lighter than outside um outside um, the hallway was Pretty much zero visibility. It's really dark, and of course you get the heat from from the lobby fire. Now that now the engine starts hitting, and some good communication between that on another another end of it, where the engine officer radios me to see where we were before they started really going crazy with the line. But um, uh, the engine's starting to hit this, knock this fire down now, and the back's opened up already by by the tillerman. So so far things are going things are going pretty good. We get in there, we find her. Of course, radio that we that we we found her and now like always um, should be the officer's job but when you do a search what if you find what you're looking for right so she always be doing a rescue profile Where i was in the hallway i was like well what if i find someone laying here what are we doing with them um, same thing was going through my mind when we found her inside uh, what are we doing with them so i i pretty much always have a plan of out of the ideal hitch atmosphere as quick as possible right so it's generally a window oftentimes it could be the front door depending on where where they're at but but especially in this case, even though they were in their, their apartment, take, taking this lady out that interior hallway, past where the fire was was definitely, would be fatal, be fatal for her. So we, we shut the door to the apartment, which we do a lot of times in high rise, um, the lines coming through, but um, door shut in there and then we wind up finding her. And we have smoke in there again, through those transom vents, but it's, um, it's not as heavy as outside. It, it's not like down on the ground. It's more to like duck walking. So um, I went and took a window and um, and radioed that we're going out to Charlie's side. So we had firefighters in the back there that had the ladder that was already there that the saw work was being done, opening up from the lobby, position the ladder to this first floor window. Um, again, because there's a grade back there, um, a steep grade, so it's not ground level. So the ladder's at the window, firefighter shows up at the window, kind of orientating us now, but it's actually clearing up a little more because, you know, we have the window open, the door shut, and we're still getting some smoke into that transom vent, but it's uh, it's not too, too, too bad. So uh, we get her to the window, and um, we, we got her to the window in with the wheelchair. Um, we were going to bring her down to the ground, but she's, she was a big lady. She was 250, 250 plus, and we talked about getting her to the ground like we always do creature of habit you know and, and hit a drag um to the window but she was in a motorized wheelchair and the window wasn't that far so first time i ever did this but i jazzed her over to the window in this chair talking to her and it seems like she's now like giving up i the products the combustion wasn't, wasn't worse now but it's like she didn't have to be in control anymore so she started getting a little more limp on us which remember me and the iron spire had a little more conversation i'm like. You know, we know it's go time, but like this is, it seems like she's just going down a little bit. So we communicated that we're going to do the pregnant lady carry, which is um, uh, one of the carries that, that we practice on a bunch. And it's really good for, for larger individuals. Um, you know, heavy heavy victim uh, does pretty well with the lift. But more importantly, now you're putting a heavy victim on the tip of a ladder with some with one firefighter up there. Uh, the pregnant lady Carrie uh, does really, really well at having the ladder absorb the weight of um, of the victim, where the person on the ladder don't have to hold it all. You know, with like a side stab or on a knee or or what have you. You know, so so we chose we chose that put, put her on the floor because that's how we started, and her leg goes up, legs go up to the sill, and her butts kind of um, to the bottom of the base of the window, and we're attempting to do this lift and. I was having trouble, and like this is like my go-to. It's in a lot of our curriculum that we teach. And um, I'm going to do this lift, and I'm, I'm, it's slipping, and I'm having trouble, and I can't see real well. And you know, of course, we're on air, masked up, and you know, second door we forced second, you know, apartment we searched, and I'm kind of attributing it to that a little bit, but it wasn't working well. At all and my side was slipping. I wound up figuring it out that she was an amputee due to diabetes, hence the wheelchair, and A large lady so it's all making sense but of course at the moment i didn't pre-plan you know all of this so once i figured out that i had not a full leg to deal with where i normally like maybe capture underneath the knee and all of this really had to adjust it and i told jim i said this is our last attempt of this and then we're going next plan right so already had the next plan communicated the next plan to him and um gave it one last attempt and once we got her up a little bit, I jumped underneath her and kinda just did what we had to do and we got her out the window. Like like every rescue at uh, midnight, she was wearing next to nothing and she had a real thin nightgown on that's actually captured on the not with her in the picture, but um afterwards they took a picture of the ladder and the whole thing and her nightgown was um taken off on the tip of the ladder that was below the window, everything was great, but it just caught and it um it got taken off so we were essentially dealing with you know victim that had no clothes on very little and um she went down the ladder and came down the ladder firefighter pat was outside and they took her in the ambulance of course high flow to the whole time and when she got to the hospital her co um and her abg's and her blood work was a 20 after not her breathed the whole time so she had some significant uh, smoke inhalation and um it was a legit legit rescue and real good window lift, uh, considering everything and trying to up, uh, going to a rehab after and, uh, wound up making a full recovery. We'll, of course we kept in contact with her.
0: Very cool story. A couple things that stood out to me in that one, uh, number one being the transom vents. And that's not something we see. Uh, we see a ton in our area in Florida. It was older construction. Uh, but now it seemed to yeah. be making a comeback a little bit. And, uh, That's one of those things I think sometimes we fail to recognize when we're doing, going on a medical into these facilities or going through walkthroughs to to anticipate those conditions that that you ran into. And the other thing we talked about, I know we've talked about in a bunch of classes and you brought it up, that you always think the rescue is going to be on the floor above the ground floor and having difficulty in locating that apartment. Uh, and you said it you said it well I even went through your mind jumping to the second floor to figure out where where 204 is but you never hear i i've never heard or run into the situation where like the plastic numbers melt off <laughs> so that that's uh that's just an awesome point that you brought up but um talk you did the pregnant lady i know that's something uh you you're present and owner of when things go bad and that's something that Uh, when I teach with you that we teach a lot so if guys want to know more about window lifts I know you're passionate about that You've done, uh, they can go to our website and check that out. Our YouTube page has some videos on the pregnant lady. And I think you did a fire engineering training minutes on that. So if guys want to check that out a little bit more, I want to finish up this one and talk a little bit about your, your mindset as an officer. Cause a couple instances in this rescue, you were already starting to think of plan B. And I think that's what something new guys might struggle with when they get to officership that uh, maybe the officer you're in the moment, Working on the rescue or working whatever it is, but your mind is two steps ahead. I know you teach pace methodology. Um, why don't you talk about that just real quick?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so the mindset, uh, and I'm, I know a lot of us echo the same the same kind of stuff here, but like every time I drive to work, I think I'm gonna have a fire, right? So when I do, um, it's not surprising, right? I already thought about it, I already worked through it. And in that fire, I'm gonna make a rescue, right? So when I find somebody, I'm not losing my mind. Um, and you can even take it one step further, a whole nother little story, but you can even say, and I'm gonna even get burned as well. I'm not saying that we should be in a situation where we get burned, but, but to, to the mindset of like, this is not going to surprise me. I'm a firefighter. It's quote Andy Fredericks. Um, he says, when garbage men turn the corner and see garbage, they don't get excited. When firemen turn the corner, we see fire, we shouldn't lose our minds. Right. So, so I, making a rescue on a truck company that has no hose on it is not as like, shouldn't be a a big deal. Like that's what you do. Right. It's like, put me in coach. I quote Isaiah, you know, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I, who shall uh, go for us? And I said, here I am, send me, right. I'm always send me like, I want this. But um, in this, in this situation, you know, I kind of mentally prepare for, you know, the apartment fire with the door open, you got the dirty hallway and uh, heat's not coming out of there to the extent uh, to burn the the numbers off. This was a lobby fire and it was the first apartment on the right side of the hallway coming down really close to this pretty decent lobby fire. It wasn't just a couch going that burned off the, the apartment number. So it already got caught off guard right from the beginning in regards to it's like, man, normally I have this figured out, you know, I paste the floor below. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta make a decision. That's why we're firefighters. I teach a class called training to win. And it's about doing things when things don't go well, you know, everyone hits a Homer when the car's on its wheels or, you know, and you, you pop the door, but but what about happens? Like when the dual breaks or the strut breaks or whatever the case scenario is it's like, how do you overcome that? And still achieve, hence the base methodology, right? We know a primary way to do it, but then we know an alternative and contingency and even emergent ways, I guess, quite precarious. So um, leaving that floor in my mind to run upstairs, was that gonna be the quickest way to um, you know, to, to find 204 and to come back and wound up choosing no on that and just forcing doors down the hallway. And luckily it was the second one, but it was a choice that, that had to be made. So from the beginning as an officer, I had to start making decisions and not just worrying about crawling down a smoky hallway, holding a hook and how again, you know? Um, so the rescue profile, uh, we go inside and of course the window is my go-to. I've made some other, you know, grabs out of, out of, out of windows. Um, this one I would say would, would top be, be the top of them, but that's kind of our, our go-to, but have I pre-planned in my mind, um, an obese, <laughs> you know, diabetic amputee in a jazzy, in an electric wheelchair, you know, it's like one of those things, if I was in a training scenario, and you threw that at me, I'm like, Hey, you know, kind of, let's get realistic on it to a point, you know, but, but it happened. But on the fly, uh, I'm going to quote the infamous Jay-Z, you know, I got 99 problems, but getting out the window ain't one. And that's how you, your mindset should be, is that if the pregnant lady failed, you know, like the back foot wasn't an option or like the Superman or like whatever, whatever window lifts you do, are you cutting a window into a door? Like, it's cool to say, but is the ladder there? I mean, is the saws there? Is the right person there? Are you avoiding the cripple studs? Like, are we doing – can you do it, like, now? Can you do it now? So the the plan B we were going to use – in what the question was, what, what was my plan B? It was, it was going to be a high anchor hall. Um, we do a high anchor hall a lot for for firefighter rescue. It's actually in the standard NFPA. You know, 1407 said that we should be able to exteriorly haul a firefighter out of a building. Um, and we have a high anchor haul kit, staged with the rip bag, that whole deal. But we also turned that into a civilian as well. That ladder that was outside could have been extended and brought up to the fir- to above the window. Also on the inside, we've had a hasty harness with our webbing really quick and zero vis- visibility environment in which we did have some vis- visibility in there, but but we practice on it with zero. So that hasty harness was what Jim was going to do. Hey, Jim, I need you to take take the harness, and I was going to make sure that the system got set up. Now, the high anchor bag wasn't on the side of this rather large l- low-rise. So um, I jump on the sill. I grab a rung above. I take the rope out of my pocket, and I make the two-to-one with a change of direction. We teach it at FDIC and the RIC Combat Drills, and you just make that from inside the window. And I do the haul and lowering from the window with a two-to-one. Um, with what's in my pockets. And that's how it has to be. It has to be my carabiner's on my, on my waist and my rope, my eight mil rope in my pocket. And, um, she's hauled and lowered out, out of that building. But, but to say you did everything that you could do is crap. Like, what can you do? Like, what do you, what does that even mean? You should say, I did everything that could be done, everything that could be done. I picked her up, tried to put her out the window. I thought the HR so I hauled it. like, Hold her. like and, and, and you're making this happen. I mean, we take a door off the hinges and we put it on the window and we do a window lever, you know, class two mechanical advantage, and we we take her out the window. Like that way, and generally we don't do that on upper floors, we do that on, on level grades, but but like you ha- I had those all in my all in my mind of like getting her out the window is not it. It's what decision are we gonna use to get her out the window. So someone on the crew, I would encourage the officers to be this person. Needs to have that rescue profile every time we search. I separate our search and rescue training because we say this anonymously, and it's not. You know, we search and then we find someone. it's like, now you have a rescue now. this is This is separate. What are we doing here? We breaching walls? We bring them to safe havens, we throwing them out, but but you do not want to take them out the way you came in majority of the time. So um, you many times we fire them and we take them outside, we get high- fives with our friends, and we found them alive. We brought them out and they were dead because of their product of combustion. Now, can't save everyone. I understand, but but our plans should be should be have some depth in them and realistic and achievable. Now, it's pretty much within our pockets. Um, and now and that was our plan B to haul haul her out, but didn't have to get to that, so it was fine.
0: Well, that's awesome. I, you know, as we've gone through, and this is, uh, we've we've done quite a few of these grabs podcasts in the majority of the podcasts and the grabs that we're finding is just to get it done. It's a head first drag. It's a feet first drag. They're within 10 feet of a front door. You just, we, you make it happen. But I love in this instance that that wasn't the case, but you had a plan. So I want people, the main thing I want people to, to catch on this is while 99% of the time or 90% of the time, you're just going to grab and go. You have to have a plan for when that's not going to work. Uh, because, like Paul said, in the end, what did you do for him? What was your plan if if the easy didn't work? Uh, I'd love to have you on. We do uh, we do another podcast for Brothers in, in Battle Media, the Journeyman Firefighter. I'd love to have you on there and explain more of the mindset stuff, get into the search stuff. Um, but if people want to get a hold of you to find any more information about this, to have you come out and teach anything, what's the best way to do that?
1: Sure. Well, my best way I would like you to uh, get a hold of me is come out to Essence Park, Colorado. Uh, come see me uh, at the fire firehouse, and then uh, we go to training. And we have a really, really, really awesome setup out there that we do a lot of hands on training there. But realistically, uh, when things go bad, um, ink.com, and as well as uh, what else we got, when things go bad at hotmail.com is my email. So um, you can reach me at those and yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to talk to you and uh, take this further. That'll be fine. And
0: I definitely encourage people get a hold of, uh, of Paul. Cause he has been such a mentor to me, not only in the fire service, but just uh, generally as, as a good human being. And I appreciate our friendship for sure. So um, to wrap this up, if you've got a grab, Now, in the future, please go to firefighterrescuesurvey.com, answer a bunch of questions. We're trying to capture what actually is happening on the fire ground. And if you want to share that story, get a hold of me, Grant Schwalbe. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on When Things Go Bad, uh, Residential Primary Search, Making the Grab, or get a hold of Justin McWilliams. Uh, Find him on Facebook or on Search Culture, and we'd like to share your story. It doesn't have to be... That you got everything perfect. Uh, it can be that you mess some stuff up, but just just share the story because everybody likes to hear, and we can all learn.
1: Right here is the initial uh, call from the victim. Her name is Janice uh, to dispatcher, and it's you'll get the tone real quick of how uh, imminent um, this rescue needs to be. 9-1-1-1-3. hello,
2: I'm Janice, jaggers okay, I'm at 1335 PST. I'm caught in a burning building. Okay, ma'am. Do you actually see smoke and flames? Oh, I sure do. It's all in the hall. All in the hall? Yeah, and there's no fire What's on fire? Huh? What's on fire? Everything. Our whole building. Okay. Do you see smoke and flames? I sure do in the building. Okay. What floor? I'm on first floor. Smoke on the first floor? Yes. What room number are you in? 104. You're in room 104? Are you able to evacuate? No, there? I'm in a wheelchair. Please okay, hurry. Okay ma'am, the fire department is on the way, okay? I want you to stay on the phone with me. Are you inside with your door yes, closed? Yes, I'm inside with my door closed. The whole, well, the whole building is on fire. Okay ma'am, the fire department is on the way. Stay okay. on the phone with me. Please, please help me. I couldn't
1: get ready, I'm in a way i um, Okay in this part of the clip uh, you're going to hear Janice again uh, prompting the dispatcher to hurry us up of course and then you're going to hear some banging right after and that's us forcing the door and going in doing the search. Um, you'll also hear um, both Jim and I both shouting out, fire department is anybody in here which was pretty cool, pretty cool to hear.
2: Please, it's getting in my lungs. I understand, ma'am. They're they they're coming to help you. When? Is there any way possible at all that you might be able to get out of your wheelchair and just get down low on no. the floor? No, no. Okay. Okay. Help! They're on the way in. Help! Help! Okay, they're on the way in, ma'am. We were just told that they're coming right to Unit you know, 104. Please help me. We're coming to help you, ma'am, okay? Okay, that's... Help! calling out. Help! 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 Hey, okay, yell out to them. Call out to him. Help! 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 Okay. Call out to them. Are they there? They're here. They're there. Do you see them? Yeah your bedroom door open? Yeah. Okay. Please, Please come. Go ahead and set the phone down. You okay? Yeah. Okay. You things, okay?
1: The best part um, here is I just really, really like this. This, is a, this softens my heart, is when um, the dispatcher uh, says to the other dispatcher, um, his dialogue. And you'll hear that right here. I think they got a
2: rough...